welcome everybody to Alchemy Answers episode 73. Um, we have excellent questions as always, thanks to our wonderful Patreon supporters. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, you definitely should. We just did our first Patreon exclusive stream where we let the patrons select our heroes and we actually played ranked roles, so they didn't select our roles, but they selected our heroes. And boy, did we have some interesting games. <laughs> Dude. Oh, I think you got an awful hero every time. I think Donnie was like support PA, support sniper. Yep. Uh, support position five pudge. I was carry techies. That was actually our best game. We that won that game. one. Yeah. We're, we're... We won that one. It was like 30 to two. We destroyed that one. Yep. Uh, 18 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that for the GG. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the game. We actually, that was, that was like the, the one game where both you and I kind of went into the lane. And we're like, okay, we have been screwed so hard by these picks from our patrons that we have to actually theory craft on the fly and figure this out. Cause we don't want to get completely rolled and, and sent a low priority. So um, it was actually that was the game. really fun. That was, was the game for the low priority for sure. If, if we're getting reported for any game is Pudge Techie's safe lane. Yeah. But it was actually really fun. I enjoyed that one a lot. I thought I thought we both kind of figured it out and, and played Dude, well. Dude, it's actually not that bad. Like legitimately, I can see I could see some really edgy team running that strat and playing for like techies twenty five or something something like that, just to kind of like throw a curveball because. I was farming fast, dude. Mine's one. I would just mine a creep wave, one hit it. Mine a stacked camp, one hit it, and it's like I had all of the mana to sustain that. I went necro book, so I had tons of mana. It was really good, actually. Well, okay, maybe I shouldn't say really good, but it it was it, it was. There's like it felt not awful. Is what what you right, mean to say? <laughs> right. Compared yep. to the other stuff that we were playing, for sure. Right. Storm off lane. I was visage mid. That just felt bad. Some it's probably one of my worst heroes. Um, anyway, speaking of Patreon, let's get into the questions. Uh, first and foremost, we have our boy Slorkle. I've been playing a lot more aggressive supports, like Wish Doctor, and find myself on kill streak very often, uh, like three to five kills in a row. As a su support, uh, should I try to not forfeit those streaks or continue to play aggro, in your opinion? Uh, that depends. That depends. I would say in like a pub setting. Oh, believe me, man. I've been experiencing some of the, some of the lower brackets and pubs lately, and geez, my idea of things has definitely changed since experiencing that. Uh, but with that being said, I know that in like competitive games, uh, in the past, I've been on a team and we're winning, and then somebody is like having a really good game, like the position four, position five. And then they'll say, like, hey, I'm going to take farm. Like, I'm going to take farm priority uh, because they're having a really good game. And sometimes you can actually have your pause 5, pause 4 kind of scale to be like the pause 3, maybe even pause 2, if the game is going well enough for them. And so that was the thing even before kill streaks, keeping yourself alive, having the other players, the other heroes run in and do the pause 5 things and do the warding and stuff like that. That was the thing before. So now with the kill streaks mattering so much, that definitely is hypothetically a thing now. Whether or not it works in pubs, um, I would unlikely. say probably <laughs> unlikely because you would need your... I mean, you could theor theoretically... You know, we, Donnie, we always talk about like using your team as bait. Even though they don't know they're baiting, you can use them as bait. You can use your team as space creators. Like yeah. Hypothetically, it could work 
where they might be forced into playing your position if you kind of Pavlovian uh, bell them into doing that. You know what I mean? Like you sure. could maybe manipulate in a way, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to actually play a few games and see, see how it feels to kind of scale in whatever your bracket is and, and be like, okay, I'm going to play witch doctor. I have this kill streak. I'm going to kind of play as a more of a core. I'd say probably not, but it's, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I have smurfed at like very low brackets as a position five before and how I low are we talking what how low are we talking oh i played it like a one i played a few 1k games um <laughs> and i just found myself being like the most farmed hero on my team because nobody would push waves and so i just pushed waves and so i ended up being a core um but i would say that you have to be a little careful now as a support because if you do get a big streak and then they kill you you can feed a lot of gold to somebody that's very important. And chances are it's going to be like the mid or the carry because they're usually the ones targeting the supports anyway. Yeah. So I would almost go as far as to say that like if, you, if you're getting up there in, in kills, you might want to consider just like just dying once <laughs> so you don't give somebody like a thousand gold for free. Or at the very least, like... I think it's split though. I'm pretty sure it would get split. Like I guess you could... If you could die to tower and the kill streak gold would go nowhere, I would say that's good. I don't know how yeah. that works though. I'm but not if sure it doesn't, either. I would say you almost have to, with how much gold you get from now, you almost have to value your life a lot higher based on kill streaks. Yeah. At the very least, you need to build like really tanky items if you have a kill streak as a support. Yeah. It is a good question though. It's it's it it's a new thing. It's really a new thing with these with the kill streak gold. I've seen people kill like win one fight and then some guys like three levels ahead even though he was two levels behind before and it's like so five level difference in just one fight yep. because of this like xp with uh with kill streaks it's really ridiculous and then gold of course people are getting like a thousand gold to kill now it's really ridiculous anyway uh average bean says how do you feel about zeus now uh with the new boots of travel nerve i used to spam him and i get bots uh maybe second or third item now i keep having mana issues even if i'm mid yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the new bots on Zeus. I've tried the new bots on Bat. I've tried the new bots on Sand King, uh, on Zeus. Basically, these heroes that really like the trips to the fountain. Doesn't work. It, the only hero it seems to work on is Spirit Breaker because he can TP to fountain and then charge out. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. If you're not a hero that like abuses the move speed, new bots kind of suck. They're they're like almost exclusively like a late game item now. Yeah, to be honest. I think that there might be some validity if you're a hero that wants to. I think I think they're more legit in pubs that are uncoordinated because sometimes you have to be a split pusher and also show up to every single fight. And I think that that's kind of like the one time that you See, like to use them. The problem with that, though, the problem with that and why they're so bad now is because if you spend any resources split pushing, you're usually not healthy enough to show up to a fight anyway. Yeah. You know? And at that point you could just use your TP scroll as well. Yeah. You know? Cause it's just the same it's just the same thing. You're just talking about that one instance of having the TP. True. It's weird. It it feels bad. It definitely feels bad. I think a lot of Dota is based off of you you can theory craft a lot of things, but really the important part is where, where you learn like whether stuff is good or not is where you theory craft it, then actually try it. And uh 
I, 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 it feels bad for me. Like the feeling for me is like the new, the new bots feel really shitty other than on spirit breaker or heroes that actually like the move speed. Like if you're getting it on bat, so you have the move, the move speed, then that's, that's right. a little different, you know, sure. but when you're playing to do the split pushing thing and, you know, use firefly, use all your resources to push it a lane and then a fight starts. It's like, well, fuck, I'm at 50% mana. That's a lasso. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's true. I wonder if they're good on like somebody like Sven who really likes move speed and also wants to be split pushing. If it doesn't cost mana, maybe, maybe, maybe on any, on heroes that don't. Right. Who, who, that, that was the thing is it push. doesn't really cost you any resources to do that split push with yeah. Sven. Yeah, possibly, possibly for sure. Maybe, um, maybe like the problem with sand King is like, you need like a Yule scepter or some other source of mana. If you want to have enough mana to split push and then show up the fights mm -hmm. or constant clarities, but that costs a lot of money um and then needing like yules plus travels that's a lot of gold just to do one job <laughs> yeah, right yeah. exactly exactly when it's like all right 90 gold for a tp and then just some clarities and you don't need the yules you don't need the travels you just split push and then show up with tps like that costs a lot less then you can have blink daggers and stuff for the fight that's just why it feels bad is because you need there's like other requirements now rather than just bots is fine sure you know you need like bottle bots or bots Yule Scepter or a bunch of clarities or this added cost to using the bots like we used to use the bots, which is which is sad. I mean, it's sad unless you're nature's prophet. Yeah, then it's good. Yes, Ash, uh, we can read your chat. We see you. Bara is in the meta, kind of. I don't know. He's he's got a place maybe, but he's, it's hard to he's, tell. He's he's a weird. He's in a weird place right now. I don't know how I feel about that here. I do know how I feel about that here. I feel like it's not that good. It's like forty two percent, forty four percent win rate or something like that in pro level pubs i think people were playing it because it's really fun it's this like fresh new ridiculous build people are doing that nobody's ever seen before and but 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 the win rate of it's really low because holy shit you are so useless until you get those those items yep dude says i play position four slash five if this helps contextualize i don't know if you guys experience this but how do you deal deal with teammates they give up pre 10 minutes when should you just say fuck it and mentally forfeit yourself and just wait for the next game? And when should you try and win despite playing 4v6? I have a pretty okay answer for this, but there's a lot more I need to read. Uh, I hate the 10 to 20 minutes before the game ends when your team half isn't trying and you're left wondering whether you should put any effort in yourself. On a related note, are okay, I'll read this one next, actually, because we'll we'll um we'll cover the first question. So how do you play when somebody gives up pre-10 minutes? I, I think that you can mentally forfeit and and give up being emotionally attached to the game without throwing mm -hmm. for me i just play to have fun i just will go cut waves i'll try to enjoy individual team fights i'll i'll just try to be silly and, and have fun with it and that really works for me because in some of those games uh we win anyway we, we managed to actually win 4v6 because i mean generally if you're doing fun stuff in dota yeah it might be a little throwy but it's not it's not as throwy as literally giving up. You know, right. you can definitely still win, and a lot of fun, a lot of the fun, crazy shit in Dota will actually is arguably better than the consistent stuff. It's like high risk, high reward, but a lot of the time, the risk pay, the risk will actually pay off, especially in a game like that where it's already crazy. So that's that's what I would say. If if somebody gives up pre ten minutes, just try to have fun with like the the micro of the game rather than the macro. You're gonna lose the game anyway. You know, may as well just make whatever minutes of it are that are left enjoyable. It's like, let's say this is very morbid. Let, let's say you're told you're going to die like 30 days from now. Like, what would you do with the, with the rest of your life? Would you, 
would you just give up and and just wait or would you would you go and try to like do as yeah, much, much shit fun as, you as could? possible yeah yeah i feel like i feel like most people would just do as much stuff as they can tie yeah. up any any loose ends sort of thing that's actually a really good way to put it i mean one one nice thing that i have discovered from those types of experiences is that you kind of get to learn the limits of your hero without any risk because like which you is know, fun it, the game is already over potentially but you know when they're like trying to dive you in the fountain or like they're so far ahead that it just seems like you can't really kill anybody but then you get to just try and make like some super sick play without any real you know there's there's no chance that if you mess it up that you've ruined the game because the game is already ruined so that that can be really fun i know that a lot of people are scared to make big plays or or die in games and that holds people back from their development on specific heroes and so you know if you're playing morphling or something like that and you're in a super hard game and your support sucks and so you had a terrible lane you know just try and figure out some insane combos when the other team is pushing high ground like you know use that time to just push your limits without having to fear uh throwing the game as a result yeah, it's pretty nice. It's fr it's freeing. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I mean, you see this and you see this in shows a lot that these like these characters that you know have terminal illness or whatever they they have a uh, money heist has a character like that. I won't spoil it, but there's a character that's like terminally ill and he just does whatever, just does whatever the fuck he wants, doesn't give a shit what people say to him. Does and it's like it's it's like it's a I mean obviously it's a problem you'd like not to have, but also. It, it does have some upsides in the fact that you just don't have to give a fuck. If you already know that the worst is going to happen, then what worse can you do? You know, you can't, it doesn't matter if you go to the grocery store and embarrass yourself or you do something cringy, you ask a girl out on a date or whatever, and she rejects you and it's really embarrassing and you fucking shit yourself. It doesn't matter. You're going to be dead in a, in whatever amount of time. And what, I mean, that can, that can even be extended to like, the the human life i mean i don't want to go too philosophical but you could you could take that approach with like the entirety of the the human lifespan it's like it doesn't fucking matter anyway so do whatever the fuck you want you know anyway very philosophical at this point uh let's go to the next question on a related note this is dude still are certain games simply unwinnable yes i had a recent game where our carry third picked morphling into aa and the rest of the team was silencer me windranger there you go. That's why you lost. Fucking Windranger, Silencer, Core, or Support Duo. Uh, Marana, Offlaner, also griefing. Pugna, that's okay. Pugna is definitely okay. Against AA, AM, Shaker, Lich, OD. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely. that's a very not favorable draft. And and yep. you can still win, but it's just a low chance. Our offlane Marana uh, picked last. It felt like our fate was sealed before the game even started. Uh, in that, we had no real initiator, and our squishy lineup uh, would just be bursted any minute anybody showed and that's exactly what happened yeah i mean that just sounds like a, a hard game and um the thing is like a lot of the time you can itemize to to do better in those games like if you if you don't have lockdown because your draft sucks you can itemize to build atos orchid sheep stick and avoid fights and like the problem the problem that i see in a lot of low-rated pubs one of the biggest problems if not the biggest people always ask during coaching and i don't i don't blame anybody for asking about this because it's a very very good question but like you know how do i itemize on this hero like what's the build and i always say that it matters so much less what items you're building than you think it doesn't matter what matters is when you get the item playing around that item 
like if you have a requirement to get a BKB before you can fight the enemy team and you fight the enemy team without a BKB, that's bad. I don't care if you go three items before that BKB. As long as you can dodge them in fights before that BKB and you do dodge them in fights before that BKB, it doesn't matter because you're not going to lose the game in any of those moments. Like it's it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that it matters so much less. And uh, so basically what I'm saying is that if you have a really shitty draft and you need to farm a bunch of items in order to win the game, that's just what you need to do. But I guarantee what happened in that game is you guys had a shitty draft. The enemy team just countered your team and you ran into them and fought without yeah. having the items to, to deal to deal with the fact that they countered you. And that will just expedite the loss by like 5x, you yep. know. All you need to do is split push, not fight until you get the items that are required to fight. No Tail just did an analysis of TI-8, their, their grand final series. And so many times in that, I, man, I would almost want to do a breakdown of, of that, even though it's like a breakdown of a breakdown. It's like, I feel like in that video, he was kind of casually going over it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of subtext that I think is really important, but he wasn't really looking to do like, you know, he's no tail. He's chilling. He's just having a good time. He's kind of reacting to it. Mm -hmm. But it, it, in his in his reactions, you can see really good constructs of like how to play Dota, how to think about problem solving. And it's not like he's saying, okay, here's how I solve problems. Because he's not interested in talking about that. He's not trying to analyze. He's trying to entertain. Um, but I was I was hearing a lot that we don't have we didn't have the tools to deal with the enemies at this point. We needed this item. We needed this. We needed this. We needed this. So they didn't fight until they had that. Okay, in this fight, we fought this because we had the tools. Like mm -hmm. we needed Monkey King to be here. We needed uh, Earthshaker to be here. We needed to use these three spells to kill this hero. And that was the situation there. So we took that fight. Right. So it's and in all of those games, it's like nine K gold leads one way or the other, and it, it didn't really matter for for the for the end of the game. Like you know, LGD would have like this huge this huge lead or or. Uh, OG would have this huge lead, and nothing really mattered other than, like, in that particular fight, did they have the proper tools to win that fight? And if they didn't, they would take the fight and lose, or they if they didn't, they wouldn't fight, and then they'd win. You know, it's like you could see this time and time again. And he would say, like, okay, Enchantress, we need a vessel to kill this guy, unless we have these spells. Okay, we had these spells here. We fought. We didn't have these spells here. We dodged. We had a vessel. We didn't need these spells anymore. We fought. Even though we didn't have those spells, we fought because we had the vessel. So he's thinking about these timings and these items that they need to to these tools to deal with the particular heroes on the enemy team. And that's how I see this game. When you give this draft to me is that you actually need a lot of tools because like they have the AM that counters the Pugna, uh, they have the AA that counters uh, the, the counters like the Morphling, you have Windranger, you have Marana, you have um, Silencer. These are three uh, like support heroes that basically have no lockdown. Like you guys are borderline fucking useless to your team. Like usually if you're going to have some Nature's Prophet or Silencer as a, as a pause five, like you need some Earth Spirit as a pause four, right? You need something that can actually go in and do shit because none of your heroes do anything. So what do you need? You need a bunch of items before you can do shit. But I guarantee you that in this game, there's tons of fights happening before those items. And that just needs to not happen. Yeah, <laughs> we uh we made a video a long time ago how to called how to counter any hero in the game. I think I actually made it for Pugna originally, but we reposted it on Dota Alchemy, and I basically explained that you can counter through draft, you can counter through items, you can counter through playstyle, and gave examples of each one of those. And it's just kind of like you're setting your baseline of of winning that game extremely extremely high like you have to play very well you have to itemize exactly perfectly you cannot take any bad fights uh, if you do all three of those things sure you can win 
But chances are the game's pretty unwinnable because it's going to be hard to coordinate five random people to do all the right things all the time. So, yes, it's, it's probably just going to be a free loss, but at the same time, you should think about how do you win these types of situations because let's say that you had like one extra good hero, but you still had like pretty bad chance of winning. Maybe it's only 70%, but you know, 30% is not that small in terms of being able to win those games. And so it's always good to be able to like think about what could have been done better. Maybe you're a hero that normally never builds a heaven's halberd, but you're just against a bunch of right clickers. And if you just build a heaven's halberd, then suddenly they're useless. So if you're like a Zeus who builds a halberd and suddenly it wins you the game, is that bad? It might no, be a bad item good. like 100 times out of 101 times, but that one game that it actually mattered, it wins you. That sounds cool. I mean, Zeus Halberd actually sounds cool. I like that. <laughs> it sounds high skill. No, sometimes that's what you need. I was going to say, I actually think it's like higher than, you know, for for the sake of, of argument um, and for making the point, yeah, like 70% chance to lose. Maybe that's Maybe that's like good for the sake of argument. But I feel like if you're good enough, if you're truly as good as you want to be at Dota, let's be real. We all want to be fucking good. It's a, it's a serious addiction. This this dopamine rush that we get from Dota, um, then you could you can have a fifty five percent or like a a forty to fifty percent chance to win every game. Like you just maybe you need every item and you need to split push and you need to carry team fights and you need to do everything. But if you can do that, then you probably have a pretty decent chance of winning the game. You know, like maybe you need more items. Maybe you need to be Silencer that's getting a Sheep and a Shadow Blade so you can gank and a Blink Dagger so you can jump on the Sniper. Maybe you just need all those items, but just farm for it and play to that. You know, yep. whatever you think you need to do, just play to that. Um, dude says, some nights, I feel like I have a limited pool of Dota energy. I'd rather put towards games, uh, put it towards games that don't feel like a waste of time. Can you guys relate in any way? Uh, this is why I try to snipe queues. <laughs> I try to snipe <laughs> people when they're queuing, like Sumail and stuff. And obviously this is not... Uh, particularly relatable because there aren't, you know, a huge pool of like high immortal players. So it's like easier for me to do that. Um, but definitely playing at the right time, not playing at like 3 a.m. is really good. Uh, playing like around dinner time, like but after dinner time, there's a lot of people queuing. You're not going to get smurfed. You're going to get like pretty, pretty good quality games. Uh, queuing with your friends, like playing five stack, playing three stack, two stack, that's going to give you way better Dota. Uh, that's that's i totally agree i definitely have a limited pool of dota energy and i spend the rest of my time doing either like really simple grunt work where it's kind of like mindless you know coding or or like editing videos or something like that and then i spend my my like apex energy in in trying to like get as many wins as i can in, in dota for the day that's that's kind of like where i'm at and and then i you know when you're tired and you don't really have that much energy, you can spend a lot more time doing things like maybe watching replays or working or playing fucking Minecraft, something like that. I don't know, but I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I totally relate to that. I, I try to, I try to like optimize that, that energy into, or if there's like a really important something that I need to do, like a really important video or something like that, I'll maybe put it into that. But that, I think that's just generally like a life thing, just like optimizing to put your, your like best foot, your 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 best energy forward it's like the most important thing for that day yeah yeah i completely agree um you also just have to make sure that you check in between games because sometimes like you'll finish a game and you'll just kind of be in a habit of queuing or something like that but if you give yourself like five minutes you might realize that you don't actually want to play another game so yep 
yeah, it's, it's really important to keep your, keep your mental health in mind. Honestly, I think it's pretty easy to forget. And then all of a sudden you're just like an inefficient piece of shit. And then everything gets worse and they get more inefficient. I mean, there's, there's science on this straight up. There's science on this. It's like a, it's a vicious cycle for sure. Okay. Uga Chaka says, what carries are good at countering Phantom Lancer? I spam him, uh, but whenever he's picked by the enemy team, I find it very hard to uh, deal with him if our team lacks specific counters to him. Okay. Let me look. Uh, carries that counter Phantom Lancer. Uh, uh, Shrek. Yeah, that's that's very quite risky though. That's a little risky. Um, Sven is is good, but just a bad carry, which a bad hero. Uh, Mjolnir, like the the uh, the like, if you go like Radiance Mjolnir on like a Wraith King or a Nakes, I think itemization is like a big thing. Gyrocopter is pretty good. Oh, Gyro's really good. Gyro's probably like the best right now. Like Gyro Ember. Yeah, Gyro Ember are really good. I would say definitely. If you um, if you want to counter from the carry position, those yep. are like ma- magic damage clear on all of the illusions. Yep. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, hmm. Monkey King. Monkey King is good. Yeah, because um, you can put the alt down, and then you have like the the Mjolnirs that are bouncing around on all of the illusions. You clear the illusions very quickly. Yeah, I would say those are those are probably your best bets. I, I think that countering pl is a little bit more of like a, a team oriented task and that's like the one reason i think zeus is decent right now is because pl naga terrorblade mm-hmm. um you could also opt for the other strategy of just being way more farm than him at a certain point so something like an alchemist where you're you have like five items and pl only has two um that probably works pretty well something like a magnus as well might fit into that realm um Pro- the problem with that hero is just garbage though is that's yeah. the thing is like but like the, I would say the archetype, Sven, I mean. Sven and Mag, like, the idea behind these heroes is pretty good against PL with just garbage heroes. That That's, like, I think a big reason why PL is so strong is because there aren't, there aren't like, people don't really pick Ember in the safe lane anymore. Gyro mm. doesn't seem like it's that good. I mean, against PL, obviously, these heroes are better. But I'm just saying, like, in general, these heroes are, you know, usually want Ember more in the mid lane. Usually uh, yeah. Gyrocopter, maybe even mid lane. And people, people that are picking that, it's, like, 44% win rate or something, so... It's um, but against PL, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Like, it, there's so many heroes in Dota that are garbage, and then you just throw them into a game against like a hero they counter, and they're just insane, insane. Like Zeus against Naga, Zeus can be dog shit, and against Naga Terrorblade, it's gonna be a good hero for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Slorkel says these are kinds of random questions, but what are your thoughts about Warlock skipping bonds early and maxing the heal and slow? Someone did it in my game, and it felt great. Also, is Qual Four legit? Yeah, Qual Four is pretty legit. That fucking slow man. It's so it's so annoying. Uh, any thoughts on what starting items a Qual Four would get? Headdress or Bassy? Uh, these uh, okay. So skipping bonds early, maxing the heal and slow. I think Warlock's a bad hero, man. I just... Yeah, I don't think he's very good. I don't think that you should skip bonds because it's kind of like your only consistent contribution. If your ult's down, at the very least, you can maximize your team's damage. I only think you really need two points in slow anyway to get the most value out of it. Because it just, well, yeah, because, it just because increases it, the ramp up speed anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. The, the the ramp up speed goes from 12.5 to 6.5. Right. And then the next level goes to 4.5. Right. So you're getting six seconds of, of faster ramp up speed. And then the next thing is two seconds of faster ramp up speed. And then one second 
a faster ramp up speed. That ability straight up needs to be reworked. It needs to do yep. like damage or something like that. That's what it needs. What it needs to do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Putsy McCoy says hero specific question here. What factors? No, we don't take those. In... Sorry, man. Okay. Yeah. Mira, I'm just kidding. Uh, hero specific question here. What, uh, what factor do you take into account? Whether you want to go uh, Echo Saber or Diffusal first on Slark. Always Diffusal. I feel like always Diffusal. At this point, I, yeah. I, 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 I really don't think that there's any reason to ever go Echo on that hero. I, I, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, what, is, what does it really do for you? It gives you a little bit of mono regeneration. It gives you a little bit of extra stats to be tankier. And then it gives you a much worse slow than Diffusal Blade because it applies for one second and then it's gone. Or Meteor Hammer and Dagon if you watch BSJ stream. Yeah, BSJ is a griefer, straight up. <laughs> Mira says, when playing from behind, my strategy is to go cut waves and split the map. That's good. Is there anything else to consider and how to communicate this with the team? Item timings. <sighs> what is the item timing that's going to allow you to stop being behind? Play to that. Figure it out. Don't show up for fights until you have that item. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There's not much more to it. Um, other than sometimes the way that I see playing from behind is that when you're at like equal power with the enemy team, you can play 50% of the map. You can put your heroes split on like about 50% of the map. Um, when you are not at equal power with the enemy team, when they're stronger than you, just a bit stronger than you, all of a sudden, instead of being able to farm three lanes, you can only farm two. And then when they're even stronger, you can only farm one lane together. But you can still be together. You don't have to split push. Like, in my opinion, uh, split pushing is the, like, hard, hard split pushing is the absolute bottom of the barrel of what you want to do. Uh, because other times, you can have a hero pushing a lane still doing the exact same thing that you're doing while split pushing, except you have heroes waiting in the wings to gank somebody who could potentially die. And yes, you are splitting the map, but in units in different groups and basically the more and more uh, far behind you are the more tight-knit that group has to be because if the enemy team splits up as like one or two heroes maybe three of you can kill them maybe mm. four of you can kill them maybe you need all five to kill those heroes but there's going to be a number and then if there isn't that's when you hard split push when you are absolutely disinterested in fighting them altogether because otherwise I think that you should be split pushing, but there should be an earth spirit waiting in the trees to kill anybody who potentially rotates to stop that split pushing, especially if you can see somebody elsewhere on the map. So the hard split pushing thing definitely is important, but it's like the bottom. Like you want to go down the the kind of rungs on the on the flow chart. I don't there's no rungs on a flow chart, but you know what I'm saying. You you go you go down the levels uh to the to the highest one possible that's gonna get you the most. Uh, and then when you're so behind, that's when you uh, do the split pushing thing. So I would say that in a lot of these games that maybe you're split pushing, it's possible that there's potential to actually do some ganking and stuff in there. Yep. I want to answer this question from chat real quick, uh, which is, what is one hero that you'd like to see reworked in the game right now? <sighs> Tidehunter. I think Tidehunter is boring. I think Tidehunter is... Uh, quite generic almost old dota like mm -hmm. you know uh really long ultimate like warlock i feel like warlock's like that too really long ultimate nothing new nothing fancy he doesn't have a toggleable uh ability active associated with his passive it's just a straight passive 
you know, he's been the same thing forever. It's the same thing. I do like the fact that Anchor Smash now does your auto attack damage. And I yeah. think that was a nice change. I think that was a step in the right direction. I agree. But the hero is also garbage and he's been garbage for a long time because the identity of the hero just isn't that good. Like yep. this idea of a hero that just shows up and, oh, if he presses Ravage, he's fucking useless. But if he has Ravage, he's super powerful. Be careful. Like that's uh, that's one of the most, um, what's 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 the word? Uh, one of the most tired uh, I like archetypes in my yeah, opinion like i'm good, sick good I, i'm it. sick of that i'm sick of that i think that's old i think that's boring and um even something like enigma is it has has kind of evolved where you have you can play like the summons enigma he's got these summons that go really fast because of talents and they've been improved and all of these other elements he's not he's not just a black hole anymore right. that's not what enigma is 100 and tidehunter is basically just a fucking ravage with auras yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think I'd like to see. Um, oh, I was just looking at it. I like to see TA reworked. I think that hero is extremely boring, as well. She does do the exact same thing in literally every game. Yeah, there's actually one build for her that's viable, and it's been viable that way for probably about six or seven years now. So that that seems a little bit old to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the time the reworks do happen on heroes who have been out of the meta for a long time and they can't seem to get them back into the meta with with like normal buffs. That's mm -hmm. kind of where so maybe anti-mage. I saw anti-mage in chat. People are saying anti-mage, and I, I I agree that he's uh he's got potential. Well then again, they did change the spell shield, so they did rework that recently. So maybe because of that, it's not it's not gonna happen. And they did give his mana break a percentage now too, so who knows but i like the idea behind saying anti-mage just because like she's like ta same thing every game battle fury mantis style abyssal right that's always been the build yeah <laughs> it, it would build. be nice if there was a reason to use spell shield early and like be like this fighter that jumps in and counter spells and stuff like that but there just isn't because blink battle fury is just way too strong yeah the problem though is anti-mage is pretty good right now so yeah. He's 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 like decent tier. He's not he's not well. He's griefing in pubs, but you know if you're good at anti mage, you're good at anti mage. He's good. Uh, so Loi Val says, is Marana and Bane a viable lane combo in any situation in the current meta? I don't think so. I think I think Marana's a four. I think Bane is. Uh, I think five. Bane is a five. So the problem is like these dual roaming supports doesn't happen anymore because it's very risky. If it doesn't pan out, then you just have two side lanes that are losing, <laughs> which is really bad. So. That's that's the issue. Like you could maybe do some offlane Marana, but then who the hell is going to build the pipe and things like that? Uh, I don't I don't hate Greaves Marana, but yeah, it, it doesn't really seem to fit the rest of what the hero wants to do very well. Yeah, it's like once again, we always say this in our tierless videos. Like, why wouldn't you pick another hero in that role that just does it much better? And you could like if you really want a a, a super lane dominating offlane that is just the typical archetype for all of for for the two roles and way better at at lane dominating it's like sk lena like there's plenty of combos lashrak sk ogre lashrak like there's plenty of kill combos that are really fucking good except they fit the archetypes for offlane and support a lot better yep uh whoosh bar says i want to take your advice and spam one hero to get better but I was always under the impression that draft matters a lot in Dota. Is it worth spamming the hero into counters? And if so, should I just first pick to make sure nobody takes the hero and leave the rest of my team to not get countered since I was going to pick it no matter what? 
I mean, that's a fine strat. I, I, I think that's perfectly fine if you're good at the hero or if you want to practice it. Like that's kind of, there's two ways of looking at it. If you want to practice, you get countered, you get really good against the counters. Um, I would say like, it depends on the hero. There are certain heroes that can just play perfectly fine into counters. Something like a centaur in the offlane. You're never, he's just a generic stunning offlaner that can cut the creep wave. He's never going to have a bad game. If, if he has a bad game, it's because the centaur player is not a good centaur player. So I think if you're playing a hero that's like that, then yes, you can first pick it and uh, either they use everything to counter you or, uh, and then you win because they've used everything to counter you or they don't use everything to counter you and you get to have a normal game. Or they pick like one counter and you just play safely and, and have a normal game. And that's fine, but it would depend. Like if you're playing Huskar, first pick every game, that's different. Like that hero is way too counterable. <laughs> that's that's the problem. It's like, it depends on how counterable your hero is. I would say if you're around like the 50%, mark for for counterable in terms of like average percentile in terms of uh people can kind of counter pick you but not really then that's probably fine to like first to first pick it or just wait a little bit because maybe that maybe your team is also picking heroes that they don't really give a shit like if, if your team is highlighting like lich snap snapfire does it really help to give them second third pick right not really not really so it just depends on what your team is picking as well yeah i would also just say that uh if if you're learning a new hero, it's probably worth it just to first pick it two or three times just so you see what counters you really hard, like if you're not sure, and just like tank a couple losses and then be like, okay, well now I know I don't want to draft this into these heroes ever, if possible. Yeah. And uh, if, if I do, then I have to itemize completely differently than I would normally. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I like the practice matters a lot because of you, you need to learn like the proper item. There's a way to deal with so many counters in Dota. There, there's all there's almost always a way you can find some like hero spammer that's like yeah it's not a counter you know and you just need to figure out like why they think that because there's a reason for it right dara says thoughts on which ranked mode is the best classic or ranked rules for example is it better to play carry four games than have to support once for carry games support once etc etc or to try to battle it out for your role and write classic i suspect classic is better for making sure you continue to learn uh, about every aspect of dota uh by having to play some variety of roles uh i would say that uh ranked roles is better mm -hmm. if you can actually queue into ranked roles which basically any bracket other than like high immortal you can queue into ranked roles because it's literally banned if you're 7.5k plus you, you can't even queue for ranked roles so yeah, basically, like I think it's I, I the reason I say this because I think it's more important to play with better players than it is to play a bunch of different roles with shitty players. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing carry and you're a carry player and you're gonna win a bunch and get higher MMR, I would rather see you in a higher bracket learning from better players uh, than because in in reality, the the all the micro stuff in Dota is a debate. It doesn't really matter as much. As the macro and if you're playing carry four games in a row like if you're playing a bunch of different roles then you are going to be focusing entirely on the micro just because you can only focus on the micro because you don't know what the fuck's going on on these heroes like okay i have to play nation's profit now i have to play five. Oh god now i'm mid okay what do mids do you're thinking about all this stuff instead of uh yeah. there's there's too much like you you get you end up getting caught up so much in like relearning dota over and over again that you actually never progress i think that's what one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have and why they stagnate is because they play like 60 heroes a month they play like 70 games and that 60 of them are on different heroes 
and they never actually get better at anything because they're just constantly relearning the game over and over and over. Dude, imagine, imagine like going a month straight where you like ride a bike one day, then a unicycle, then the next day you ride like a tricycle, and you just like rotate seven different like types of transportation every day for like four weeks versus just like four or five days in a row straight of learning how to bike. Like, I feel like you're going to, like, by the time you get back to the, the, the unicycle, it's like, Hey, wait, what did I do? Okay. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, how like, are you ever working? This is like a, I mean, I'm sure this works in other fields. There's going to be some example, but the best example I can think of is like software engineering. Whenever you're like looking at code, you, whatever you're into it, you can just like code and just keep going, keep going and solve problems really quickly. But then if you take a break, even if somebody interrupts you, like with words, like somebody comes and talks to you, you have to spend like five seconds recalibrating. Like, where was I? What was I thinking about? And I think the longer you spend not doing something, the longer the recalibration is. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem with spamming 60 heroes in a row is every fucking game, the first 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even the first game or two is going to be spent recalibrating. So maybe your entire Dota life is just recalibrating your thoughts. Yeah. That sounds impossible to learn. That sounds literally impossible. (laughs) The amount of times I'll be, I'll be, geez, I stay up until like 8 a.m. coding or something because I'm just like, Ellie will be like, are you coming to bed? Are you coming to bed? Like, what's, what's going on? And I'll be like, I can't, I can't. If I wake up tomorrow, it's going to take me five fucking hours to get back into this. I'm not going to solve this problem is so deep and so complicated at this point that I won't even, I'll have to basically redo it tomorrow. If I stop, if I stop this right now, I have to finish. And man, I feel that like I've woken up and just no fucking idea what I did the other night. No idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that spamming is, is just the way, <laughs> like it's just the way, like, um, I guess one other analogy is like, if you're learning a song on guitar, you need to learn all of like the the chords or like the notes slowly and then you have to build up speed and the more times that you you play it correctly slowly the easier it is to build up speed so if if you like perfectly learn how to hold the chords what notes to play and you do it slow 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 like a hundred times and then if you want to go like four times the speed the next time it becomes extremely easy to do because your muscle memory for like the movements is already there and you just have to do it a little bit faster it's kind of the same thing as a hero like your first 10 games on a hero are going to be like agonizing because you're going to have absolutely no idea what's going on and then once you have kind of like figured out what a good item build is then you already know like the roadmap of where you need to go to get there and then once you have figured out like what items need to come in what order and like what your actual power spikes are, then the game becomes much more fast because you can be like, all right, I'm just going to do this until I have this power spike. And then I can instantly go do this. And then once you do that, then you know, okay, my next power spike is this. So I'm instantly just going to go for that. And like the decision-making tree becomes so narrowed because you don't have to see all of like the possible options that are wrong or less optimal. You only see the ones that are correct. And, um, you know, it just makes the whole process so much faster because there's like no deliberation. You already know the correct way to go. Gives you more time to think about the other shit. Basically. Exactly. Yep, I think we talk about that quite quite a lot. Uh, that idea, but 
definitely with like the classic or ranked roles example, I think that that definitely makes ranked roles more valuable for the same reasons. Yep. Um, up, up until like high divine, and then you'll start supporting people like two thousand MMR below you, and it's not fun anymore. So. <laughs> Lunatic says, how do I make sure to get more stacks when playing as a support? Uh, I usually just ignore stacking and check my clock when close to allied camps, which leads me to not doing it that much. I think not doing it that much is fine. Like, it depends on your heroes. I mean, if you're playing to, like, get some individual hero, like an alchemist or Sven or something like that, really farmed, then stacking is really important if the game actually calls for it. Um, with that being said, really when you should be stacking is when you're walking by camps and you have nothing better to do, or if you aren't needed doing anything else. And if you are actually needed doing something else, then you shouldn't be stacking straight up. I've seen people fucking throw games to go stack. And it's mm -hmm. like, why are you leaving your lane? You should be supporting your hero. He needs you here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're ever finding yourself staying in trees, soaking XP, being a fucking useless support, that's when you should be stacking. Yep. That's it. Yeah, I think it's no definitely kind of just like a it's like a secondary thing that you can do. Pretty much what you described. You notice that the clock is about the right time, stack a camp. That's that's pretty much when you should be doing it. Yep, I agree. Uh one, as a carry, how do you decide between two Wraith bands into Battle Fury versus one Wraith band into a Battle Fury? I've normally seen a radio oh, this is a second question. Uh how do you decide between two Wraith Wraith bands into Battle Fury, one Wraith band into Battle Fury? Uh, Wraith Band is like, if you can get like a second Wraith Band and just keep winning the lane and keep killing people and, and, and like pressure while also farming, then that's when you would go for the second Wraith Band or when you need to do that. But if you can just like go dip your ass into the jungle and nobody gives a fuck that you're gone, then maybe you don't even need one Wraith Band, you know, like yeah. maybe you just, maybe you just go straight Battle Fury, you know, cause like it just, Wraith Bands are just like early efficient stats for dealing with the enemy heroes having also early efficient stats and ability to mess with you so if they can't mess with you and do anything then just go straight into like whatever's the most efficient farming which i would assume is like battle fury or glove of haste into battle fury or something like that probably yeah. battle fury into glove of haste but you know what i'm saying like that's that's basically the bottom line is it's just like it's just for a lot of pro players it's like a feel thing it's like they feel like they're going to maybe need a little bit more stats before they can go leap to the jungle so they get two wraith bands or they feel like they can pressure really hard if they get a second wraith band just because they have a ton of a ton of damage yeah i would almost go as far as to say if you feel like you need to go two wraith bands you probably shouldn't be going battle fury that game because you're being pressured too much i don't know that's that's just kind of my thought i think maybe i mean i get, i understand the logic like i i understand the logic but I don't, I don't feel like two Wraith Bands Battle Fury is that bad. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad, but I just kind of think that, like, you should really evaluate whether if you're going to Wraith Bands because you're, like, being pressured in lane or you, you have to fight early, it's really worth it to go to the Battle Fury. I don't know. Yeah, I think I agree with the logic, like I said. Uh, the second question that Wink has is, I've normally seen Radiance on Wraith King. Is there a reason for not going Battle Fury, even though he has crit like Jug and PA? When do you recommend going Battle Fury over Radiance and the other way around? The reason people go Radiance on Wraith King is because Radiance is like an anti-kite item. Yes. That hero runs around fights, gets like two hits off, and, and that's it. And then he feeds. So the, the reason like PA and Jug and these heroes get Battle Fury is because uh, they have ways, like Jug can just press Omni Slash and he's going to kill somebody for full HP. PA can jump on people over and over and over again. 
Raytheon can't do that. He's got like a He's one like, second stun. I'm coming, boys. Oh, it is the I'm it stunned. Is the long, dude, it is the <laughs> longest stun. It is the it's like got you. <laughs> and then the stun's over, and you hit somebody once, and then they run away from you. Yeah. Radiance is like I'm gonna run at you and hit your towers, and if you engage in a fight with me, you don't want to kill me because I have this ultimate that keep that respawns me. So I'm gonna slowly DPS you. Uh, it's also nice to well then again I guess I guess the farming the farming getting the skeletons would come from Battle Fury as well I mean imagine Battle Fury Ray King's not that bad but it's gonna do absolutely fuck all for you in fights yeah which is which is definitely a problem and the build that people are doing on Wraith King now is is Battle Fury Manta Silver Edge so the Manta is even more useless if you have a Battle Fury so that's uh, that's basically yeah when when do you recommend going for Battle Fury over Radiance yeah. It, it battle radiance is for heroes that just get kited in fights that's that's basically it like hero like it's it's like the anti kite item i'm gonna take these slow fights over time um i'm tanky jug pa not tanky don't want to take slow fights they want to kill somebody in 0.5 seconds very very different it's like almost like exclusively a farming item on those heroes and they're just so stoked that it got a damage buff because for a while it's just been it's just been a farming item you don't even give a shit about the cleave and fights honestly that's like a tertiary kind of like oh cool i guess i cleave that guy for a little bit of damage right but really it's just like so you get the next items ultra fast yep wraith king's a disgusting hero that is the most filthy carry right now in dota it's so fucking easy i think it, i think like it's everything. over i think it's overrated personally i disagree i think you played late game wraith king it out carries specter dude it's nuts i mean i think it's overrated because i think everybody just thinks it's like the best hero in the game i think it's good but i think there are counters and people are just kind of forgetting that there are counters to the i i honestly think it's just like a much worse alchemist than that used like the old alchemist it's just it's alchemist but slower because he doesn't farm as fast because he doesn't have grievous greed Except Wraith King actually outcarries an alchemist for some fucking weird reason. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I still think you just need to build like Silver Edge. I'm okay. So the reason I'm saying this is because before this, I was literally just watching replay after replay after replay of Wraith King losing and trying to figure out like what the easy counters are because everybody's picking Wraith King. And what I'm seeing is people that come online fast. So like cheese heroes, Meepos, that kind of stuff. Uh, heroes that bully him in lane because he doesn't do anything <laughs> and and heroes that just uh like abuse the fact that he does nothing for 30 minutes and just destroy his team like just kill everybody else he's he's like probably the most 4v5 hero in the entire game right now he's like almost worse than See, that's that's the problem with like the skeletons though because if you're good at, if you're good at using the skeletons you can cause so much like i've i've seen so many times good wraith kings in my games will like take a tier one or tier two with just skeletons and also be at the fight showing up to it. You sure. know what I mean? I'm talking about pub players though. Like pub Wraith Kings are trash. No offense to anybody who plays it in chat right now, but most... well, yeah, definitely offense to those people. Just saying like <laughs> fucking jungling AFK jungling only on, on my side of the map. Like that's not, that's not, that's not how to play a good Wraith King. My yeah. That's not how to play a good carry in general. Yeah. Unless you're like exclusively alchemist. And even like you watch Miracle play Alchemist, he will farm on the enemy side of the map if he can. Like these carries will look to pressure farm as as well. Like it's Yeah. I I understand what you're saying. I feel like if if like Invoker and some of these other heroes that could 
dumpster the Wraith King early, like we're better. It's it's sometimes the meta just like works out for a hero is the thing. And there are a lot of like good out of meta ways of dealing with it. Yeah. But it, it really feels like there's not there's not all that much and the meta needs to shift. Uh Poopy Pants Boy says shitty trousers kid here. Unfortunately, I wasn't uh present for the Patreon member only stream, but I did watch it later. Nice. That's hilarious. Uh in the game where Jerkins, the lotion man, was offlane. Uh, Storm and Donnie Darko was support monkey for a period of time. The enemy team was just running around as five. My question is how to counteract this type of gameplay. Well, let me tell you, my teammates were fucking idiots, including Donnie and Newsham in that game. They're both being morons. They're fighting them, expecting them not to be five, which is really dumb. Um, my question is how to counteract this type of gameplay when the enemy team plays from this moment. Uh, the landing stage is over until the game ends. When I solo queue, my teammates, sometimes myself included, have enough extra chromosomes to make uh, an addition, uh, an addition team member. So it's a bit like herding cats. Uh, is the solution to five man them as well? No. And hope that you win a fight or pressure their objectives. Just split push them, man. Yeah. These fucking idiots have no idea how to deal with split push. These morons that just group up in five man are doing it because they can't think of anything else. Yep. I am telling you, people crumble. I have been playing so many Smurf games lately, so many Smurf games, and the heroes I'm winning with are not Centaur and uh, and like Mars, regular like regular offlaners like Mars. Well, maybe Mars would be okay if you played it in a certain way, but it's like Ember Spirit. I'm owning with Ember Spirit because I can be everywhere. If a fight is bad, I just I'm out of here. I go split push enemy right. team. They split up. Like the amount of games that I've that I've won, it's nuts. I swear to God, I'm actually, I'm on my Smurf account right now. I can click to it. There's a game where I was playing Queen of Pain and I had an Invoker support and a Spearbreaker support and they literally both just came to my lane and started taking my CS. So I TB bot and I went position five. I went position five Queen of Pain for a while. And uh, let me tell you, in this game, Spearbreaker, 219, Invoker, three and 23. We won. Yeah. We won this game. You know how we did it? Let me tell you the graph. They had a 10k gold lead at about 15 minutes. We just split pushed. We said, fuck this. Well, I'm going to sit in this lane. Ellie was sitting in the bottom lane. Enemy team ran down mid. Somebody would cut the mid wave. Uh, maybe I would cut the mid wave because I'm in the top lane. I can just dip over and cut the mid wave. It takes me 10 seconds. I don't give a fuck. I'm queen of pain. They're going to go on me. Sure. I don't care. I've got Greaves. I've got Blink. Good luck catching me, you know? And then I go back to the top lane, wait in trees. They run at me. They think they can kill me. And then they think that I'm gone. They split up. Boom. I fucking kill the person that thinks that I'm gone. And we did that over and over and over again for about 10, 15 minutes. All of a sudden, we had a huge gold lead. I had two teammates that had 42 deaths between them that were stealing my CS in lane. Position 5 Invoker that came to my lane and started stealing CS. Spirit Breaker that was literally charging in and feeding off cooldown. And we won. And you know why? Because nobody in fucking Dota knows how to deal with split pushing. Straight up. Split pushing is the answer. It is almost always the answer. When you are super far behind and the enemy team is just 5 manning, you never even in a winning game want to fight the team when they're enemy team when they're five yep. why would you do that how could that ever there are so many ways in dota it's like playing chess and not using your queen why would you do that to yourself that would be fucking hard go play checkers <laughs> if that's too hard you know go play checkers it's way easier actually checkers can be quite complicated i don't want to shit on checkers players but you know what i'm saying you know also uh, i think it's really important it's really really important to define split pushing because 
What I see when people are behind is everybody just defaults to hitting jungle keep jungle creeps. They're like, well, we can't fight them. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to be vulnerable. So I'm just going to go hit jungle creeps. No, you, you, you shove the wave and then you run or blink or teleport, or whatever to the next wave. That's also spawning. Even if it's like halfway across or halfway farther down the lane towards the enemy base. And you kill that one instantly. Suddenly two creep waves. That's like a full minute that the next creeps have to walk to even be able to pressure your tower. You know, one of the, one of the most frustrating, um, I, I don't ideas, storylines, like things that, pe that that people will always argue in like the lower rated games is my teammates, my teammates, my teammates, my teammates. What do I do when my teammates aren't doing anything? What do I do when they're jungling? There are three lanes. One of them you can't go to. The mid lane, that basically doesn't even count as a lane because it's a fucking death sentence to go there. You can push one wave, then it's in front of the enemy base. So that doesn't count. There are two side lanes. One of them is going to be controlled by the enemy team. That means there is a single lane that needs to be split pushed. One lane, and you are one person. All it takes is you. And in so many of these games, literally fucking nobody does it. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that nobody does it. You can have the, the greatest control of all of your games. Because there's only one lane you can go to, and you're one person. I don't want to hear that bullshit about my four teammates are fucking idiots. Let them jungle. Who cares? More lane firm for you in that one lane. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing. It would, it would be so different if there were five lanes in Dota, and there were like three or two away. lanes that needed to be pushed. But there are three lanes. One's the mid lane, and it's baby dick length, so it doesn't even count. The other one is where the enemy team's going to be. So that means there's one place that somebody needs to go, and then everybody hits the fucking jungle. That's the problem. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Uga Chaka says, as a carry, how do I deal with uncooperative supports in the lane? Support yourself. Yep. Uh, the type that never pull, even if I ask them to, never give me solo levels, is a solution to make an earlier rotation to another lane. Yeah, dude, give them, give them the lane. Say, okay, you want this lane so badly? Fucking have it. Go jungle, go rotate, go play the game. Break the laning stage down. Don't play the lane. Uh, for a while, you can like do your own pulling. Let them soak because even if there's an idiot sitting there soaking, you can kind of go hide behind them and then the enemies will go on them and that's pretty cool. Like you can, you know, you can use your, once again, I'm so, I'm sorry for getting so like uh, into it today, but it's, I'm so bored of this idea that, and this is not, this is not you, Uga Chaka. This is nobody, there's no patron, obviously. This is for me playing in this bracket that I'm experiencing this and experiencing people bitching about this to me, who's like, you know, they don't know I'm going to smurf. So it's not fair. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that or some shit. Cause that makes me a huge dick, but it's still, it's like, oh my God, if only I could say this, if only you knew yeah. that like, I'm doing the best I can, man. This got me to 7.5 K MMR. So you're so fucking wrong about your teammates being useless. Like this is what I do that got me to the high rating. So you're just, you're just wrong. You just have to be by definition yeah. anyway. So all I'm saying <laughs> is that, uh, you can use idiots. It doesn't matter that your teammates are idiots. You just need to be smart. You need to figure out how to use your fucking idiots to your advantage. Um, I was coaching uh, Noodle the other day, and I actually said to him something that you said, Donnie, and he was like, wow, that's big brain. I, I, and I said, like, Donnie, I don't know if you said it in a video or you said it on, on, on a podcast, but this idea that even if you're like a Bane or a support that should run in and die all the time, if there's a bad fight, and your team shouldn't be in an area anyway, 
and you run in and die with them, you are con- you are or basically tailoring them to keep being fucking idiots for the rest of the game, you know? And that's not good. Like you actually have to kind of manipulate, manipulate You're giving them positive reinforcement way. by You're... being there basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's like, that's not good. You can, you can use your team. You can control your team. Even if they're idiots, it's, it just requires you to kind of theory craft it. You know, you have to think, you have to think of your team as being part of the game, as being like part of the puzzle that you have to solve. Okay, exactly, exactly. I have a useless ogre sitting in the trees. I have a useless pudge sitting in the trees. Get the enemy team to go on you. Run to that hero. They're so fucking slow and useless. They're trying to run away because they don't want to die. But guess what? Everybody wants to go on an ogre. Everybody wants to go on a pudge. We hate those heroes. <laughs> so people will go on them and kill them. And then all of a sudden, you've made them useful. Congratulations, you know? Yeah. So you just got to do stuff like that. That's basically all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I keep saying that a hero like Spearbreaker is such a good pub hero, just because it's one of the only heroes that unifies everybody. Kill this guy, right? You can you can direct. You don't have to like communicate. You don't have to use your mic. You don't have to type. You just say this is the target, and everybody's like, "Oh, Spearbreaker's charging somebody. I want to kill that person too." And so like regardless of whether it's actually a good hero or not, it's really good at coordinating people to select the right targets. So as long as you're not an idiot, like you can direct your teammates to do the right thing by forcing them to do so. Kill guy with arrow over his head. Oh, arrow. That (laughs) means kill that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Party says I'm using my time earning money with Dota two bets right now. Ooh, that's uh. Slippery slope. I'm finding myself watching and analyzing pro teams and games over 12 hours a day. That's pretty cool. Uh, when I was watching Arteezy's Ursa vs. Crazy, it looked like he was straight up feeding, but after most of his deaths, uh, EG either came back uh, with a little net worth or grew their lead. Once he was diving the enemy tier 1 super aggressive, everyone saw that he was trading his life for support for so many TPs, which made the enemy troll run across the entire map to get back to farming. Do you think this is... Um, uh, do you think this is or this and kills only giving significant gold when feeding kill sprees makes tactical feeds, even for the carry pretty 20 minutes worth a lot more than we usually think. And do you think the comeback gold should be a thing again? Watching teams that are 20 K ahead, getting wiped two times in a row, only losing three K net worth lead feels super wrong. In addition, they can kill the team that is behind once uh, they get the killing sprees, makes them even richer than they were before. That's true, man. I was losing the okay. No, I was remember the game we played on stream. I was Visage, mm-hmm. and they were. Let me even go to that because I'm going to check to see what the net worth difference was. They were crushing us. We were getting demolished, uh, totally eviscerated. Let's see. Ever, I think every lane was losing. We had a guy that was like basically grieving. So they had like a a 15k gold lead. And I was the I was five and zero oh just because I wasn't showing up to fights, and, and somebody on the enemy team killed me with the fifteen k gold lead and got a thousand gold. Yeah, they're they're like dumb. level tw- <laughs> they're like level twenty three owning Lena, killed me for a thousand gold, just because I didn't die. I wasn't even owning. We were losing. I just didn't die because I was split pushing. Oh god, it felt bad. So yeah, that does feel pretty wrong, but. It's it's interesting. The fundamentals of Dota have definitely changed because of these these gold calculations. So I'm very interested to hear that you have noticed this in in actual programs because I haven't watched that much. Probably start watching the tournaments uh, that the the LA Major just like see what's going on. But yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And it sounds like depending on the gold calculation, that could definitely be worth it. 
like but, basically uh, what, what he's saying is essentially like feed them a streak so you can kill them later for it not necessarily feed them a streak but like just dying to make space now is a lot mm. more viable even for a carry because your net worth is not calculated into the into the death yeah i also want to say i'm looking at this lineup by eg against crazy and it's just awful <laughs> like there's probably a reason Arteezy was feeding because his the rest of his teammates couldn't really do anything they had a sand king who didn't like who had a terrible lane and a marana support so sand king marana as a lane which is kind of meh and then they had an oracle as their other support and then they had a dragonite as their mid so it's like until these heroes get to like 15 20 minutes into the game they kind of have no impact yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Jenkins, this is from SDFS25. He says, what are the three top offlaners in the world today? What's the difference between you and them? Is it worth buying the Gamers Class video of Ice Ice Ice? No, unless they sponsor us. They keep sending us fucking emails, though. Like, I, th I They think, were trying I think to sponsor us. But they then, were trying to sponsor yeah. us, and then we made an account to log into their site to, like, see what it was like. And now they're just spamming us with emails. And honestly, I got to say, I'm not a fan of the emails they're sending. They're kind of mean. Like, like they sent one about Crit. He did a guide on there. And they're like, Crit might be the best player to never win a TI. And it's like, whoa, what the hell? He made a guide for you. Why are you saying that? Like, that's, come on. That's just weird, man. But I don't know. Um, I would say Gamers Class Video of Ice Ice Ice, probably not. There's so much good free content out there that i would just say i mean it's easy for me to say this but i would say you know you should just support the person that you like that's that's making content whether it's like a streamer because you can just go watch ice 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 stream you know yeah. you can go watch gunner stream or monkeys forever or you know any of these players bsj and they're going to tell you what they're doing and why and for god's sakes all of og streaming og is releasing all these videos on youtube they yeah. just did a breakdown of of TI8 where No Tail looked at it. Go, that is so much more valuable than um, anything that's going to be produced by some producers that don't know anything about the because Ice 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 didn't produce those videos. And this is nothing against gamer gamers class. It's just that there's a lot of good content in Dota right now. Like yep. so many people are streaming. So many people are are making YouTube videos. OG starting to to come and do YouTube is one of the best things to happen to the Dota scene. Like I'm so glad that they're doing that. It is some some of my favorite. I'm actually watching Dota content. I I don't watch Dota content. Dude, I, never I mean did. they're being rewarded. Like it it shows people people want this stuff, but they're just giving it away. Like why pay for it? You know, I mean, all good these are good for their brand. Like they're really good for their brand. All of these masterclass, you know, masterclass.com. Like, yep, that's like the non-gamer version right right gamers class is literally just copying masterclass like they took like the same color scheme the same branding all of that stuff masterclass.com is basically just like a website where you they've essentially paid like the toppest the toppest uppest mostest tier of somebody in each field so like steven spielberg teaches how to direct a film is he actually really teaching how to direct a film or is it basically just like a two-hour rambling of his thoughts on like what he does it's not really a class, right? It's not really teaching you how to direct like Steven Spielberg. It's just him cashing in on like a $100,000 check for two See, hours of his time. <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem is that Ice 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 didn't produce the guide. He didn't want – he was getting a paycheck. Yeah. And the people that are producing the guide 
unfortunately don't know the difference. Maybe I'm wrong, but from my experience, usually with these sites, they don't, they're a producer. They don't know the difference between what's actually good advice and what's just normal advice. Like a lot of people that don't play Dota would think that last hitting is a very complicated thing that nobody knows. Oh, you have to kill the creeps to get the gold. Oh, people don't know that. Everybody fucking knows that, you know? There are things that, like, we as Dota players know that just even general gamers, like, wouldn't know. You'd have to play the game. And a lot of these, like, producers, these video makers, they don't they don't play the game. They have a job. They're a video maker. So there's, like, this disconnect between the guy who's the face of the content. And that's the thing. Ice 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 is just the face of the content. He is not the actual... The actual, then again, maybe I'm painting a broad stroke. I haven't seen this, but from what I've seen with the other guides of these other pro players, when they're painted on it, they're just the face of it. But these people, like the Spielbergs and the Ice Ice Ice, they don't have the time. They don't care enough to make a full long um, guide about something because yeah. they, they're they're busy winning. They're busy doing the thing that they're making the guide about and being very successful doing that. So right. it's just this weird disconnect that exists where if you had you Only know, unsuccessful maybe... people like us can actually exactly, spend the time exactly. to make videos. See, <laughs> that's that's why, that's why, that's why, jokes aside, that's why No Tail analyzing his own TI game is the toppest of top tier content. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Right. You know, it's not possible. Uh, you could take a producer and cut that, and I think they have. I think they have, um, um, actually, I don't know if it's like public who it is, but I think we we both know who it is that does that, Donnie. And they're very good at doing that, the production and all the elements on the screen and stuff. So that, so the OG guys are making really good content because of that, yeah. because they have a good producer and they're actually the ones that are handling, handling everything. That's like the cool thing about these like player owned orgs is, is that everything is going to be done from the perspective of like somebody who's really good at the video game that everybody's watching. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting. Okay. Um, Crave says, okay, wait, sorry. Uh, we actually didn't even answer the question. SDFS25 said, uh, what is the difference between the top uh, three offlaners and me? And who are the top three offlaners in the world today? Um, I would say Zai has to go up there. Yep. I think Zai is just like top three players in the world. So you can't not put him up there. Yang. I think the fact that you can give Zai any hero and he'll destroy with it is ridiculous. I think that's really ridiculous. And this has always been the thing about Secret is that they never seem to have like one way of playing. Zai can play farming heroes. He can play uh, healing heroes. He, he doesn't have a, he's not restricted to like a specific archetype, which is, which is really cool. Um, Ice 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 is probably the best in your face balls to the wall offlaner in the world. Like he embodies offlane generally speaking sure um, and i think i think universe is the safest offlaner if you want somebody who's never gonna feed universe is, is that guy you need but, to watch some other regions <laughs> what regions that was that was sea dude yang and faith beyond are beyond okay I, I was i was gonna say faith beyond i don't agree with yang actually I think Faith Beyond's insane. Faith I think Beyond Faith, is amazing. I think I think Faith Beyond might be the best offlaner. It depends. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play in a while. But when I did, when I was watching him play like a few months ago, I was convinced he was the best offlaner. Yeah. He would single-handedly carry his team. He, he was like so boxy. <laughs> he was like boxy on. Uh, a, were they alliance back then? Yeah, they were alliance back then. He was like boxy on alliance, except for tier one. Yeah. Where like a team's getting carried by their offlaner, 
and it was like somehow uh except tier one yeah. uh, now obviously now obviously i'm not saying alliance isn't tier one now obviously they are but uh back then they they weren't really and but i think i don't think boxy like carries anywhere near as much as he as he used to like yeah the, the rest definitely of not i would also say like, that you could maybe throw up um Jesus, I'm like forgetting <laughs> everything that I start. Oh, I was going to say mid one, just because I would say that mid one is top three player in the entire world, or like he was before he took a break and he looked really good when he came back. I don't know if he's Dude. necessarily a top three off laner, but as a player, I think he's like unbelievably good. I see OG getting men mentioned in chat. That is such a weird team because I think that TI9 OG is literally the best Dota team to ever have graced the planet to mm -hmm. this day. I don't think any current Dota team, including current OG, is as good as OG at TI9. And maybe that'll happen again at TI10, if it happens, uh, where you'll have a team that's better than that. But holy fuck, they worked people yeah. more than I've ever seen in any Dota tournament ever. And this was TI. It was insane. But I still wouldn't say Seb is the best offlaner on the planet. I still wouldn't say mm -hmm. that Thompson is the best mid on the planet. I would say Ana's the best carry on the planet, though. Yeah. Um, but Thompson is the most unique mid on the planet. Seb is the best coach, the best Dota coach on the planet. Like, just because he's not individually the best offlaner doesn't mean, you know, if I could choose between having Seb on my team and Ice Ice Ice, I think Ice 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 is amazing. I choose Seb 100% of the time. Yep that fucking guy might be top three most valuable players on the planet. We, we all, we've all seen true sight. The amount that he brings to that team is just wild. He is, he is the, the heart of that. Well, he is, the, I guess they say what well, he's the heart and no tails like the, or no, he's no, the no, brain. No, no tails. No, no tails the heart. Yeah. 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 But it's just like that, that is, that's, um, what do they call it? it's like invaluable you know it's it's like you can't substantiate that yeah uh, and that has nothing to do with individual skills Indiv individual skill skills fine obviously he's he's decent he's good he's high really high rated really high, he's you know 9 10k player whatever but um you know he's not as good as like uh faith beyond but i would really rather sab on my team more than 99.9 percent .9 of pros yep there aren't that many pros that would like half pros but you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah godson too i mean godson is like godson is you know he needs the right team around him and then he's the best that's the thing with og is that og og are players that like it's hard to it's hard to quantify skill in dota because it's like dude of i mean of course if... tops him with og is the best mid in the world because he's necessary for his team to thrive yeah but you know? but if he was on a team that wasn't as down to be as balls to the wall as he is he would just feed every fucking game like yeah he for sure get kicked he'd for sure i mean people didn't take him seriously at all and now yeah. and now he's the the trendsetter people look to him for like oh god what's he doing next oh jesus christ the, the thing mid. is though if you look at his pubs he'll have like a week of just he'll be like 26 0 and like 14 in every single game and then the next week he'll literally be like oh and 32 like legitimately oh, dude, dude. like I, he is I, the when, most when, up and down player i've ever seen looking on dota 2 pro tracker when when they were when they were in na i i played with them a few times and jesus christ games against Thompson either felt impossible or just the easiest thing yeah. he would just be feeding relentlessly <laughs> uh, i remember mason mason was Mason like dodged Topson. He was calling him so shoe saying how shit he is, and he doesn't understand how this guy wins games and shit. It's like 
people were flaming Thompson in NA pubs. And it's like this guy, he has won two TIs, but still just because of his absurd play style, there's so much miss for all, for the hit. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he's practicing and testing a lot of stuff. So that that's important to note. But yeah, you're right. You're right. He feeds. He's hilarious. He's a character. Um, Crave says, I've had a lot of problems with the new pick order. You and me both. That makes two of us. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened quite often that I pick hard carry because that's mostly what I play. And my mid laner just happens to get bad matchup. We kind of get stomped in 20 to 30 minutes. Yep. Uh, it feels like this just takes away from the strategy aspect of drafting in pubs and replaces it with lucky slash unlucky matchups. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. It's fair, but it kind of dumbs down the game a bit. I think the new draft order is fucking stupid and they need to change it. I think they should revert it back or change it to something better. But with that being said, I do have some recommendations when it comes to drafting. I think you should pick stuff that can swap, uh, that can go mid and offlane and mid and carry and support and offlane and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a good way to draft. Yep. I think you can bait pick. I think you can pick heroes that will do fine no matter what the draft is. Uh, heroes that like, you know, okay, they, may, they might last pick a Brood, they might last pick a Meepo. So I'm going to pick some offlaner that can swap to go mid, like a tiny against those heroes, uh, whatever. Uh, that That's like the way you have to draft. You have, you have to draft to, you have to draft to swap. You have to draft to like, to, to deal with the the, ran the randomness, basically. You have to cover all your bases. That's how you have to play. You have, that's how you have to draft. That's how you have to play now. You have to cover all your bases because otherwise they're going to pick something and that base isn't going to be covered and you just fucking lose. Like you said, 20, 30 minutes. I don't even know what to say about those games. You just need the right items. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I, you can't even farm them. Like, Yeah, games are so stompy right now, I feel like, because of the draft order. I really, really don't like it, to be honest, because you just, like, there's, you can't, if you're if you're a support or if you're an offlane, like, you're not allowed to wait, really. Like, you can't. It's so cut and dry. Hard support, regular support, offlane, carry, mid. Every game. That's all it is. Before, you could be like, oh, I'm going to first pick like mid Lena, but it could also be a four and it's going to be fine. Right. And, and now it just really does not feel like there's any flexibility in terms of who picks first. And, and sometimes you get lucky and people will pick and you're allowed to actually think about who you want to counter the other team. Cause they have to show you, but yeah, I am really not a big fan at all of, of the new drafting order at all. You just don't have to think about it. Like you, it's, your chances of winning the game with thinking either you need to really overthink it or you just need to not think about it at all and just play because like like you said sometimes somebody will pick first and you just randomly like oh great my mid pick first so now i get to counter pick in the off lane or something like that right like that can't that can't happen if the enemy team is stupid enough to not pick their mid first as well you know that definitely can't happen but it's just it's just straight up luck it's yeah. just luck i would almost way, say it's, it's like luck. important to just have <laughs> like the dota plus because at least then you can see what people might be picking <laughs> like yeah i know? agree i totally agree dota plus has been a lifesaver it's like oh they got a meepo brood picker on the enemy team i'm banning brood i'm gonna pick a counter to meepo yep gg just like that you know uh hockey Liner says uh oh one sec actually okay so yeah hockey Liner says when you replied to lou uh said part of the reason it is bad because it fails they just dominate and push two lanes. Uh, what has made it not viable? Whereas, wait, what is it? When you replied to Lou, hmm? lunatic at L E U for God's sakes, hockey What the hell? You're not linked. That doesn't link to anybody. <laughs> He's April foolsing me. Uh, what has made it not viable? Is it because small change to creep cold? I think he means st stacking. 
All right, hockey. I'm going to need some clarification on this one. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> uh, after dropping 1K MMR due to a good amount of reasons, says, oh, Louis Val, Louis Val. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Uh, is Maron and Bane viable lane combo? Oh, the Maron and Bane combo. Uh, what has made it bad? Uh, they should dominate and push two lanes. What's made it unviable? Is is that the question? The um the the Louis Val question about Marana and Bane. Uh, we'll just read the next one while I, I get clarification. He's writing something. So after dropping one K MMR due to a good amount of reasons, says Jestraga uh, from Ancient One to Archon Four. Wow, GG, that's fucked. Uh, I started climbing again, Legend Two at the moment because basically my enemies are so bad currently. I'm currently playing position four. Uh, I used to play position five, and I find that my main problem is to be under farmed. When is a good time to farm as a four? I tend to buy even more wards than my fives because they're usually terrible. Well, that's fine because, you know, as long as you're not spending... The thing as a four is, like, I think you should just be doing four stuff, and if you're somewhere, you, you can just uh, you can just uh, put, put wards, like, as you're doing stuff. But I wouldn't say go out of your way to ward stuff. That's one of the worst. Even as a five, I think that's a bad thing, is, like, going out of your way to, to, to go wards somewhere really far off. Like, I think you have to be realistic about where your wards, and a lot of people spend a lot of... Uh, waste a lot of time trying to like do warding shit when it's really just not that good. And then you end up really under farmed because everybody should get farmed. So when's a good time to farm? Uh, whenever there's like a free lane, I would say that's whenever there's like a free lane somewhere and you don't want to fight, usually it's like the four's job to go take that lane. That's the way that you get farmed. You farm as a four when you're doing something that's very uh, good on the map in terms of responding to the enemy team's pressure. Like the enemy team is just fucking you in all lanes, you know? It's like you can't fight anyway. Okay, I'm just going to go as a phoenix sit in trees and fire spirits the bot lane oh now they're chasing me oh crazy stuff happening great your cores are now farming good you've done a good job but you're also farming that's right. when you want to farm as a four yep exactly hockey Val, uh having two roamer type heroes in a lane oh okay okay i see having two so a bane marana support duo uh i think the reason that made it bad is uh is because uh, that's a good question people have gotten a lot better at laning i think probably the patch that fell off was like the deny patch where denying reduced the amount of xp that you got by like a shitload right you like had to have somebody in lane with you otherwise two heroes versus one hero you're gonna end up super under leveled yeah yeah and now like you've the gold that got like since then it's been changed but it's been replaced with other stuff so it's still denies are still really valuable I think people have gotten better. I think that's honestly it. People have gotten a lot better. You can't have two heroes uh, leave lanes. Somebody will get totally destroyed. Also, mid how... is way harder to gank because it used to be like Bane would come up, Marana would come down to the mid lane. They'd kill the mid laner. They'd go back to their lanes or they'd wait until the mid laner TP'd back and kill him again. But now mid lane is like, it's almost entirely like shove wave, go jungle, shove wave, go jungle. Like, yeah, yeah. So there's like think... no mid laner to gank anymore. I think it's exactly what you said, Hockeylinger. People have gotten way better at punishing. Like, that's... It's always crazy to look back and see the shit that people got away with. Like, I would encourage you guys, if you haven't done it, if you've been playing Dota for the past year and you're Legend or you're Ancient or whatever it is, you know, decent, slightly above average MMR, go look at TI1. It will look like below your fucking bracket i guarantee you you'll be like what is this yeah. navi is fighting for no reason they yeah. don't even have a creep wave they're just diving towers <laughs> roche is up nobody's going for roche like there's so much bullshit that happens nobody's pulling ever for no good reason nobody's cutting even though that was perfectly viable back then like 
nothing good is happening in those games. It's just, everybody's gotten so much better. Dota's gotten so much better as as a whole. Yeah. The average like three K player is way better than than back then. If you, if you well. took like let's say the the current team Liquid lineup, like Insania, Boxy, those guys, and you put them up against Navi from TI One, they would probably three O them like like twenty five to four every single game in kills. Dude, you could just cut waves against a team back then. They wouldn't yeah. know what the fuck was happening. They'd be yeah. so confused. Yeah. They'd be like, what? what do I do? I'm going to run three, two supports at this. Oh, no, they're killing this. Axe is killing me because he's level three and I'm level one. Like, yeah. nobody would have any idea what to do. Uh, okay, we answered Destraga. Hockey has another question, actually. We're ending up with two Hockey questions. That's that's going to be the end of the stream today. Uh, with my archetype of supports, I am best at playing, which, of course, is save heroes. Uh, what would be the best heroes to draft around them? Okay, uh, heroes to save, basically. Uh, some classical ones are like uh, Death Prophet's really good, Glass Cannons, uh, SF, Terror Blade, not so much Anti Mage because he kind of like plays on his own, but PA, uh, Gyro, if you have a really good Gyro player, Medusa, if that wasn't a dog shit hero, you wouldn't want like a PL because PL like saves himself. Basically, any hero that lacks that and that just wants to not get kited and just wants to not have stuff cast on them is is really good so Morphling, for the most huskar. part yeah huskar dp uh terrorblade ta if she's snowballing not so much drow she wants to sit in the back she doesn't really like get in there and benefit that much from like being saved because she doesn't want to have to be saved in the first place yep so heroes that want to get in the enemy team's face but can't because their glass cannons are the best od that's another that's another classic yep. um well we listed a bunch of really good ones we listed a bunch of really good you wouldn't want something like a life stealer saves himself. He he he's fine on his own. So any hero that's like lacking that ability to save themselves and is a glass cannon, uh, usually like that's the the them being so squishy and easy to kill is the reason that they're balanced. So you can make them imbalanced by buffing them. Right. Ricky. That's kind of the idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh eh, not so much. I would say Ricky's a little bit like uh uh, a little bit like life stealer now where he can kind of sure. get in and out and, and save himself like he doesn't want to really play like hitting people in their face he's like jumping in and out and doing stuff like that but it's ricky's definitely better than like a pl or something like that it's more that he's more like in the middle or a meepo or something it doesn't doesn't make any sense with those heroes yep anyway we're out of questions um thank you as always to our patreon supporters as well you guys are amazing um keep it coming we We'll probably be putting out at least a some sort of content from the Patreon exclusive stream where we played Carry Techies, Five Pudge, and Owned with it. And uh, the uh, the the patrons controlled our heroes basically. They, they they picked what our lanes were, so that's why it was. And if you want to be part of that, Patreon.com/slash/DotaAlchemy. Any any tier of support gets access to that stream every month. So. Uh, anyway, thank you as always for tuning in. Alchemy Answers 73 signing out. See you later.